Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Offer deadline on Oak Street, aisle three. Welcome to the housing market. I'm with Redfin, and I'm here to help. I need to sell my house. Great. Redfin charges a 1% listing fee when you buy and sell with us, which is more than half off the usual fee and saves you an average of $8,400. Oh, wow. Is that all? Uh, yep. I'm kidding. You had me at 1%. Want to win? Sell with Redfin. It's real estate done right. Bidding war at the offer's counter in five minutes. Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com. This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. And for those of you who have listened or watched Avoid the Maze on YouTube, you'll know that we talk about the journey of life. And I was lucky to meet Darcy Steiner a couple of weeks ago, um, and she has a, a long journey. And the journey uh, has gotten easier, then it's gotten tougher. Uh, and right now she's in a little bit of a tough spot. And um, I think it's really important that we understand that she may look like she's not in pain, but um, she shared with me the other day that just to get up from her desk and uh, walk down the hall to make a light lunch is painful. But she's very lucky. She also has a wonderful support system and that is her husband, Mark. And uh, I asked that Mark be on, and I have a feeling sometime during this podcast, we're going to all be shedding a few tears because um, from what we hear out there, there aren't a lot of spouses that are willing to uh, stand by their mate when um, in sickness and in health becomes sickness. And uh, Mark, you've done that and you've done it for a long time. And so to our listeners out there, um, I think we have to realize that there are some good guys in this world. So welcome, Mark. Thank you, um, Karen. So I'm going to start with you, Mark, because we are talking about spouses and caregivers. Um, the day that Darcy had that original fall, what did, what did you think? Did you just think, oh, we're going to take her to the ER, she's going to get bandaged up, and we're going to come home, and life will be normal again? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, I, I had no idea uh, what was coming and uh, how serious the injury was, although it was obviously serious. It, it just didn't yet sink in uh, until some time had passed. So I, I figured, yeah, we, you know, we get some medical attention and um, things would improve over time, maybe not right away, but I, I, I wasn't super concerned at the beginning, maybe denial or something, but uh, just took a while for it to really sink in. Well, they always say, you know, no news is good news. So you just, you know, want to believe that everything is going to be good. Um, <clears throat> and how many people do fall down their steps on a regular basis and yeah they get a sprain they get a they get a bruise uh they're laid up for a short period of time and then life does go on but darcy that didn't happen to you so remind our listeners what actually happened when you fell down the steps yeah so i had been uh, the kids and I wanted to listen to some Christmas music and the CDs were upstairs. So I ran up the stairs as a young mother, you know, every young mother can relate. You run like you run to do everything. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I ran up the stairs and ran back down the stairs, but I slipped on a piece of paper as I was running and tumbled, hurtled over the baby gate somehow um, the brain does funny things, but I saw the, the baby gate right there, but 
slammed into a wall and then it twisted me, turned me around and I face planted into the ground, injuring my back. So Mark, were you home at this time or? No, I was, I was at work, so I had no idea what was going on. So how long did you lay on the floor until you got some help? Because <laughs> you had two little ones with you. I know. I don't remember. Mm, okay. I don't remember. I just remember Nicole came and plopped down beside me and Jenny was above me. And um, I don't remember, Karen. Interesting. So a piece of good advice for all of us. Uh, let's not leave paper on the floor. Um, <laughs> and maybe we should be more cognizant of our running. Um, but you know, yes. um, all of us who live in a house that has steps, we take those steps for granted. You know, we're up and down all the time. Um, and I know myself that there are days that I'm walking downstairs in the morning mm -hmm. and I have my hands full of things from upstairs that got to go down. And I don't think about holding onto the railing. Right. I think I, you know, I know how many steps it is and I think I'm doing a good job. And there have been many times that I find myself in the middle thinking, oh my God, I'm going to lose it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we can't go back and correct what happened to you, but we can think about the future as well for ourselves. And, you know, as you continue to go on your journey. So you ended up obviously Mark getting home. You took her to the hospital. Um, how long was it before you got a diagnosis? Well, the uh, Darcy's probably actually, why don't you answer that? Cause your, <laughs> your, uh, your diagnosis. You know, it didn't, um, I wasn't bedridden right away. Okay. I was able to begin to function again. Um, but I remember the terrible pain of trying to get in the car to drive. And if anybody's ever had lower back pain, they understand what I mean. And so something was obviously wrong. And I honestly don't do this either, people. I played a volleyball game and with a bad back and ended up making it worse. And um, so I was still trying to function, but more and more was spending time in bed. So, you know, it didn't, it didn't stay bad while I was down on the ground. I mean, I was able to begin to function a little bit better and then, you know, more time in bed and then the CRPS developed. So what you're telling me is that you did what so many of us do. <clears throat> we have an accident. We look at it as just that I'm bruised. But if I get up and start moving around, maybe ice it a little bit, take some Tylenol, lay down, you know, rest, it's going to go away. Right. Um, and I can relate to being, you know, a female who says, you know, I got to do it all. So mm -hmm. obviously you had to do it all. You had to go play that you know, volleyball game, um, you don't want to, um, you don't want to be an invalid. And so you do as much as you can. And sometimes that's harmful. Um, and so in your case, obviously the pain was getting worse. Mark, did you realize that the pain was getting worse, even though she was acting functional? Yeah. Yeah. It, it became more and more obvious, um, as it got worse, that, there was something really serious going on. And, um, you know, it uh, overcame the denial. This reality overcame denial uh, and just began to just seeing the expressions in her face and the, and the difficulty in functioning and, um, you know, the, the tears and the uh, frustration and uh, all these different emotions that happened along the way, it became more and more obvious that th this is a big deal. And, um, you know, we gotta do something or try to find some way to, to find our way out of it. Absolutely. Now I know the two of you have a deep religious faith and that 
has helped you through a lot of this. Um, and I want our listeners to know, you know, whether it's a religious faith, anything spiritual can help you get through because like you said, Mark, there was denial in the beginning. You know, I'm, I really don't want to see the pain on her face. You know, she's up and around. We're going to live as normally as possible. We have two little kids, but you have to dig down deep inside of yourself. And I'm sure you had to do that right from the beginning, because as you saw Darcy was getting worse and she needed more of you, here you are, a young dad working full time. How do you all of a sudden become a husband, a father, a full-time employee, and now a full-time caregiver? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, what carried me for a while was just kind of willpower. You know, I just wanted to, uh, to help. I wanted to meet the needs and, um, that, that worked for a while, just sheer determination. Um, you know, uh, but that runs dry after a while. And it, you, you reach the end of your resources. And, you know, I think probably a lot of times the, one of the first steps is you, you try to get help from other people. Right. And, and that ended up being one of the hard parts um, because it, the people that we went to were very um, hit and miss. And some of the people we, we would have thought all along would be helpful really withdrew and couldn't, couldn't really engage with what was going on, including family members. Right. Surprisingly. And, uh, and then um, people that we didn't know as well really rallied around us mm -hmm. it was it was really surprising i mean it one of the the things i think we've noticed about suffering is it really brings out the truth yeah. it brings out the truth in ourselves in our relationship and uh, in our relationships with other people and um some people have the the ability to to come close and and walk through it with you and, and others don't and so that was you know there's some surprises there and in, in lots of ways but um your question was kind of how, how i found strength yeah do this and and the spiritual side of it really was important um and you i think a lot of christians I can't speak for all spiritual people, but I, I know a lot of Christians are under kind of an impression that that God will fix it. Uh, you know, that it's kind of his job. Right, right. <laughs> um, and I, I saw a counsel along the way who said, you know, God's job is to fix things. He's not very good at his job. <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying that as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, make, I, I don't mean to make light right. of the fact that he will a lot of times fix things. And I, and I, I, but a lot of times not right away. Right. And I think there's a lot of, of ways he wants to refine us as we go through these difficult times and, and help us grow and, um, and learn to be more loving, more patient, more serving, less selfish, less uh, just focused on our own, on our own thing. Absolutely. And, yeah. And so that, um, it, that took a while for that, for that really to take hold. I, I, some of the people that I looked up to spiritually didn't really understand that very well. And um, so that was for a while, actually, that was, that was very much a part of the, the struggle is you know what's going on and why you know we didn't do anything wrong that we're aware of you know why did this happen and why won't he take it away right you know now in retrospect i'm i've seen the incredible good that's come of it and so and looking back now I, I feel a lot more aware of what was going on but uh yeah 
Well, you know, and you hit on something that I want our listeners to understand. We often assume that our family and friends are the ones who should jump in, know what we need, and and help us out. And I think family and friends want to, but they know us so well. There's that fear. This could happen to me. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if I get too close, okay, what if I don't do it right? What if I make it worse? And, you know, I remember when my son was diagnosed with autism, he was six years old. You know, we have great six years. Nobody knew the difference. But as soon as we said that we needed some help, everybody just disappeared. And it was, it was like, where did everybody go? And it's like, well, people didn't want to believe us. And I'm sure sometimes you had family and friends who saw you sitting up in your living room, Darcy, and thought, oh, look at Darcy. She looks beautiful today. She can't be in that much pain. She doesn't need me. And that's what people want to say because they don't want to know about the terrible things that are going on. Um, and so I know for a long time, I resented a lot of my friends and family until mm -hmm. I could take that step back and go, you know what, would I have been any better? Would I have taken the time out of my day to make a meal, um, take you to the doctor, whatever it is. And I had to think about it. And it's like, yes, I've done that for people, but I haven't done it for everybody. And I've done it more for, I won't say strangers, but people that I'm not as close to. So, you know, there may be something along those lines. You mentioned that um, even your spiritual leaders didn't really understand. Uh, were you, have you been able to figure out why that was? I think so, yeah. I, you know, I think a lot of them hadn't experienced anything like this themselves. And so they hadn't really asked the question as urgently as you do when yeah. it's happening. I mean, you can come up with cliches and sort of shallow explanations and things like that pretty easily until, you know, life shows that they, they don't, they're not doing a very good job of explaining what's happening. Right, exactly. But I was fortunate, I, I did find that, you know, I, I did find my way. Um, and I think, I think God himself led me to people who were able to have that kind of conversation and dig that deep um, into, okay, so, you know, how might this, in a deep sense, beneath the surface, be a, uh, a blessing in disguise, which mm -hmm. is right. so, uh, such a paradox yeah. that, you know, something so horrific, and it was, you know, I mean, to, to watch her suffer the way she was, was just a horrible experience as a husband um but you know the the in the end i mean as the i think things became clearer what this might really mean um you know it's not something we would have volunteered for but, oh absolutely <laughs> but it uh it, it really became a, a an unexpected blessing for us and, you know, I remember my mother once said to me, you know, sometimes pain and suffering really makes us stronger. It creates a new path for us to walk down. And, you know, I didn't really understand it. Um, in fact, I would argue with her, you know, why should I have pain? Um, you know, it's not making me a better person. But then we sat down one day and we talked about it. And I realized it really made me a much better person than I would have been without it. And I know that for a fact, because I could relate to other people. I didn't have to see somebody using a walker or being bedridden to know that they were hurting in some way. So, you know, I do believe that we are led down these paths. So Darcy, when you spent about two years bedridden, 
And I know it wasn't all of a sudden that you just jumped out of bed and said, hey, I'm I'm ready. Um, right. But what was it like for the two of you when you started to realize that you were getting up and around more? Um, were you still being dependent on on Mark or were you, did you go back to the old way of, you know what? I'm the wife, I'm the mother, I can do it all. Well, I'm a pretty independent person. I know. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know, Karen? I can tell. <laughs> I, I would not let him do anything I could do for myself. But that was the thing. I was so desperate for help. I couldn't do anything for myself. And that was the frustration was I just needed so much help. But yeah, when, when I was starting to be able to do more and more for myself, like now, presently, I mean, paralleling both situations, you know, today I was able to put my coat on by myself. It's a victory. Absolutely. You know, something so simple to put my coat on by myself or no, I'm going to get the door. I had a friend come over yesterday and she was like, let me get the door. And I'm like, no, I'm getting the door because I need to get the door. I need to be able to do what I can do so that my muscles can grow back. You know, I need to work things. I don't, I don't need people to do things for me that I can do for myself. And I think that's important to remember or for anybody who's listening is to gain functionality back We've got to do for ourselves what we can do. And we have to do everything we know because sometimes we don't know to do. We, we know that we should be taking our multivitamin, but we're not. You know, so everything we know we should be doing, we should do that. We too. should be doing, yeah. yeah. Not making excuses. Yeah. But I can't tell you the freedom that it feels when you can gain some kind of functionality back, like today, putting my coat on by myself and not needing help. It felt fantastic. And so back then, you know, being able to, I remember just being able to sit up at the table and play with the girls instead of in the bed, you know, and feeling so proud and the girls were so happy. And my goal every day is to take less off of Mark. The more I can do myself, the more I take off of him. And that's my goal every day. If I can put a plate in the sink, if I can get it to the sink and it helps Mark, that's my goal. Everything that I can do to take burden off of him or allow him to be able to work. That's my job right now. That's one of my jobs. So, Mark, how does it make you feel, okay, when you see her doing these little things, taking that plate to the sink, but you can see that she's joyous about it because she can do it, but you also see the pain. You feel like like grabbing that dish and saying, no, let me. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I've, I've learned to tune in um, and I'm learning. I don't think I've got it down. I'm, I'm learning better when to offer and when not to. I mean, I, I do understand that she does want to do as much as she can. Um, and hates asking me to do things for her. I mean, I know she, she goes without things that she wants or needs um, at times because she doesn't want to interrupt her. Uh, and, you know, I, I want to be real. I mean, I'm, I don't always have the best attitude about it. You know, be truthful. I mean, there's times where I, you know, I don't feel like doing it. And uh, so, you know, uh, I, I try to be, aware of where she's at and and I have to and when I'm when I misfire I have to be patient and uh, when I offer her to do something she says no I, I you know I need to not take that personally and um, 
you know, there's a lot of not taking it personally. Sure. <laughs> well, and you know, I'm what I hear you saying too is that you are very, very human. And that's what I want our listeners to know. Because you shouldn't normally be smiling with everything that you're doing for Darcy. Okay. Because Darcy, I think you can even relate as a mom. If you hadn't been hurt, there would have been times that your kids would have wanted something and you just wouldn't want to do it. Okay. Um, that's normal human behavior. Sometimes we feel uh, like, hey, when's the time for me? Or, hey, give me a break. Um, and that doesn't mean you love her any less. It doesn't mean you're not going to do these things. But you know what? Um, we're allowed to sometimes feel a little sorry for ourselves too. Um, and that's when we have to look within and, you know, ask those questions. Um, and I don't think it really is about why me. Um, again, my mother once told me, God never gives you more than you're able to handle. And sometimes I look up at the sky and say, I can't handle anymore. And I get more. Uh, and then I realized, guess what? I really can't. I can handle it. Um, so the two of you have been married for how long now? 30 years in December. Wow. Wonderful. But I guarantee you when you were walking down the aisle, you never expected this journey. Gosh, no. <laughs> no. Nope. So let's start with you, Darcy. What did you see that day before you walked down the aisle what did you imagine life was going to be like oh gosh lots of volleyball uh, <laughs> at the time um so we loved to do that together um progressive presents married to your home i'm disgusting oh house don't say that you could live someplace so much better than me that's not true oh yeah look at these uneven stairs gross house you know i don't care Ugh, and the squeaky door hinge well, i think it's cute no matter how much you already love your house you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with progressive coverage from progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and third-party insurers bundle discount not available in all states or situations you know working we were young, we were just starting our jobs in LA. So, you know, just moving up the ladder in our work and eventually having kids. Um, I was ready before Mark was. So um, that took a while to convince him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of fun, yeah. you know, a lot of fun. And then eventually having kids and raising them and pouring into them and just you know whatever normal is being that not okay. being abnormal <laughs> <laughs> and so mark when you saw her walking down the aisle what did you see yeah just only good things i mean i think i'd acknowledge that there'd be hard things and tough times i think had some realism to agree but did even though you have that in your mind, you, you don't expect it. And I just saw a sort of uh, um, standard, wonderful life. I mean, we'd be married, we'd be happy, we'd have kids, we'd uh, have grandchildren, we'd you know, just have a, a life with its bumps, but overall expected. Absolutely, because no life is smooth and I don't care how pretty we make it, on Facebook, or even in a podcast, um, we all have our ups and downs. And there are days, especially when someone is as, in as much pain as Darcy has been in, that um, I'm sure everybody has wanted to run away from you, Darcy, and you wanted to run away from everybody else, because it just, it's surreal. Um, and People aren't going to understand it until they listen to your podcast, get to know you, um, and start digging deep inside of themselves. You know, mm -hmm. who else do I know in my life who has gone through this? Um, how have they survived? I know too many couples that split up over it. 
because either the husband or the wife just wasn't strong enough to want to spend the rest of their life, you know, being a caregiver. Um, but yet that's what we say in our mar marriage vows, you know, and yet we, we walk away from it because we just don't want to deal with it. Um, but the fact that you didn't walk away the first time and Darcy did get better. Um, and I'm sure it wasn't a hundred percent pain-free and, you know, getting your degree and working and raising a family that had its hardships as well. Um, but when you had the second accident, Mark, how could it happen at your daughter's wedding? Yeah, I mean, fortunately it happened at the end, not the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I've thought, I've thought about that a lot, just the, the, the irony of that. Um, and the contrast between the joy that the wedding was for everybody uh, with that at the tail end of it. And in some ways it, it seems like, you know, like a new chapter was begun and not slowly, yeah. <laughs> very, very um, suddenly. And I think there, I've even had a little bit of comfort in that, that this is too, the irony is significant that, you know, we were able to enjoy this, this incredible occasion. And yet now there's a, you know, we're, we have a new chapter of life to write and um, be different. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the previous chapter ended really well. So, Darcy, what is going on now? I know that you're, you have pain walking, although you do walk. I know you have some dreams of places that you want to go, you know, with your granddaughter. Um, and I put that out there in the last one. Hey, friends and family, uh, let's take Darcy and the baby to the zoo. I think that'd be a great adventure. Yes. Um, but what, it, what do you see as far as your prognosis now? Well, I had a bakery on Saturday. <gasps> okay. So I went, my sister took me to um, the lake house where the wedding was. She took me last year and she drove into an area where she shouldn't have driven, but she drove there <laughs> and, and got me onto a park bench that overlooks Evergreen Lake. And we sat there and talked and she got me back in the car mm -hmm. and we drove home. Well, we went this year and we parked in the parking lot and I walked down to the bench, which, I mean, the parking lot, we got a, a good spot you know in the parking lot but I walked to the bench and then I said Dawn will you videotape me because I'm gonna I'm gonna overcome this I'm gonna replay this tape I'm gonna change it in my brain and we're gonna start now and sorry it's okay she turned on the camera and I walked as far as I could towards the lake house on the trail. And there was a post there. So I high-fived the post <laughs> as far as I could go. And then I walked back and next year we have a plan to go inside the lake house and walk by where I was injured and take a walk out of there and back to the car and drive home and be happy instead of crying on the way home. Well, you can you can cry happy tears. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll celebrate on the way right. home. Right. So it's a step closer. It's many steps closer. That's the farthest I've been able to walk in three years, and I did it at the same place I was injured. I mean, and that, that is that is remarkable because in the last podcast when we talked. You mentioned that, you know, you can go from your 
office where you're sitting right now, there's a bathroom right outside. You can get there and you can walk into the kitchen. But I mean, that was minimal and minimal to many of us. Okay. A victory for you. But now hearing this, that's a huge victory because walking outside is totally different than walking in the house. You got it, Karen. You know, different walking on yep. concrete right. than it is on carpet. Yes. <laughs> and that's what people have to understand. I know when I was recovering from my knee surgery, um, the first time I walked outside, it was like, where is this pain coming from? I didn't mm. have it in my house. Oh, but as okay. soon as I walked outside, because the ground is not even, um, if you're walking on asphalt when it's warm outside, the asphalt can have some spring to it. And I didn't even realize how differently I was walking. And my husband had walked me around the cul-de-sac and we came back in the house and I was in tears. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I knew mine was a recovery. Okay. At least it was supposed to be, and it has been, but you know, I called the doctor and I said, why can I walk in the house with virtually no pain? And he said, because your house is even for the most part, mm. things aren't changing. He mm -hmm. said, but I want you to walk outside again tomorrow because the more you do that and the more you can adjust your gait. So that's what happened with you too. I mean, yeah. totally different walking. Yeah. Yeah. So with God, I'm going to conquer this lake house. We're going to redo this and replay it in my brain so that my daughter's wedding day is going to be awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without any pain. <laughs> I, I love that. And I'm so glad again that you were able to get through that wedding. You had the pictures taken the way they should have been taken. Oh, yes. So there's a lot of beauty in that. And there will be a lot of rejoicing when you walk into that lake house. Um, and I'm sure your daughter is going to be beaming when um, yeah. she gets to see that. So, Mark, as a caregiver, what words of advice do you have for a spouse who doesn't think they can do this? Mm, wow, great question. You know, I, I think we would hope that we would be up to it consistently and that the best part of our heart would be always where we're coming on, coming from you know where we'd be um, always compassionate always patient um, you know we keep reminding ourselves that uh, this her suffering is worse than mine um, It's not reality, yeah. you know, I, I don't, and I think caregivers ought to be real uh, about that. And not only with other people, with themselves and see it more as kind of an up and down journey that, that there's times you're gonna be that way and times you're not. And um, you wanna grow into it and, and, uh, become more that way and I think that's possible and I, I, I believe in that but I, you know there's, there's a temptation to try to play the hero yeah. and to sort of want to soak in some attention that deep down you know you don't really deserve <laughs> and I, I think that can be a trap and, and one, one of the problems that happens then is that people think you got it all, you don't need help, you know, and, and I think there's a temptation to people around you to think if, if the spouse has got it, then I don't need to. I, I don't need would. to help. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think it, you got to be humble enough to, in the right way, you know, not, not explode or, you know, tee off on people, but uh, to say, look, this, I, I'm, I'm struggling. This is hard. I need, I need help. I just need someone to talk to. You know, um, I think you have to kind of, in a way, train people how to help you. 
Um, I think you have to, for example, say, look, I, I'm not asking you to fix this, but I just need someone to be in it with me, you know, to just, just get it. And, um, because it's so lonely because it's, uh, almost nobody knows what it's like. And there's loneliness in the, in the suffering of the injured or sick person or distressed person, but there's a real loneliness in the caregiver too. And, you know, and with that come a lot of temptations of, you know, unhelpful and wrong ways to handle that. Um, And, you know, if you don't, if you're not real, those things are, have a lot more power than if, if you are. And Absolutely. So, um, uh, you know, even some of the leaders and people like that, I, they, they needed to be taught um, and they needed patience. And, you know, a lot of them were leaders, not because they were maybe the most compassionate or loving people. They're, they're good teachers. You know, they, they have um, training or things that, that help them fulfill an important role. But um, they really, I think, need people like me to help them uh, understand and know more how to be helpful and how to, how to help others be helpful. Absolutely. And, and I'm sure that's probably part of God's plan to some degree that you'll be able to share what you've been through, how you handled it. It doesn't necessarily mean the next spouse is going to do it exactly the same way, but they have somebody to look at and say, Hey, it's possible to get this done this way. Um, When I listened to you, did you ever take time for self-care? I think we lost our connection. Okay. We had lost the connection for a half a second. So did you take any self-care for yourself? Lost again. Are you there now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Internet uh, spies, I guess. So um, what did you do to take care of yourself? You know, I... um, I did a number of things. I mean, I, I, I managed even with the time demands to set aside time to, uh, to read my Bible, to pray, to uh, talk with people about what was going on. Um, I'm, I, and not at first, but eventually got into a good exercise routine. Uh, the doctor that I had when I explained, I described the situation and asked him for medical advice that he's right out of his mouth. He said, you got to exercise. And so I took up running and, uh, that is, that has just saved my bacon. I'm sure it has. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I, you know, when I can leave, I can't always leave, but when I can, it just gives me a, a real healthy outlet for energy and, uh, just get outside and, breathe hard it's just good physically and mentally emotionally to do that well self-care is extremely important um Mm -hmm. and under the best of circumstances many of us don't take care of ourselves but in a situation like this you have to um and i agree with you i'm not a runner i'm a walker but walking allows me to escape from what I'm going through or allows me to at least go through the, that cycle in my head without anybody really watching me about how I want to deal with this. And, um, you know, I know the weather's going to start to get bad in Colorado. You're going to have winter before we realize it feels like winter here in Cleveland today. Um, but I have to remind myself that as long as I'm able to get out there, I, I have to do that. That is, that is what I do for me. My husband is one who, you know, he'll come into the office and he'll turn on his computer. And for him, it's just surfing the net, just being 
in another world. And many times I'll say to him, what were you looking at? And he has no idea. And he doesn't care. It was just that <laughs> <laughs> the door was closed and nobody bothered him, you know, for a half hour, an hour. So whatever it takes for you to take care of yourself is important. Well, you both are delightful. Darcy, I feel like I've known you my whole life. Yeah. Um, and we're going to keep these conversations going because it is important. But I want you to tell our listeners about your podcast, how they can find you, because you're keeping this story alive there as well. Well, I don't have my own podcast. I kind of do, but I kind of don't. I mean, I haven't been podcasting, but I'm just a guest on podcasts. But I do have a website. <laughs> Um, that I put out a newsletter for. Um, so it's, um, I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes. Right. Yes, absolutely. So I have a website and then I have a book. I have two books that I wrote, um, Beauty Beyond the Thorns, uh, Discovering Gifts and Looks like this. Yes. And then I have a friend's guide that goes with it. So it's good for Bible study groups. It's good for recovery groups book clubs or independent study um so i enjoyed writing the book um and can i brag on my husband absolutely can i tell a story yes. that i think would help listeners okay mark has created the most beautiful dates for us despite my disability he's put creative thought into each of these we went camping i can't go camping but we went camping in our living room we put up the tent we put plants around it and he bought a star thing you know to put lights on he recorded uh, sounds of animals and crickets chirping and we had a camping date and we Oh, I love archery. And he bought me this little play archery thing and we killed Simba. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Simba. <laughs> we, we killed Simba with my little play. It was him or us. <laughs> <laughs> but the thought and the time to still invest in dates for someone who's disabled. We had a blue date. We ate blue food. There was blue, blue lighting, blue music songs with the word blue in it. He downloaded. Uh, we had blue potatoes, blue blueberry juice. Blueberry. <laughs> we had a blue date, like a creative, you know. And Absolutely. It both of us out of our darkness and gave us romantic evenings. I couldn't put something like that together, but he has, he's used his creativity to figure out, okay, we can't do camping. Yeah, we can, just in a different way. And it was one of the most fun, I probably had more fun camping in our living room than I would have on a campsite. Well, I definitely would, because campsites don't excite me. So. <laughs> But I like camping, yeah, and he brought I, that to me. Right, exactly. So I just wanted to say that because I think that could help some listeners too. Is use your creativity. It doesn't have to be all dull, you know. It doesn't have to be all sorrow. We can still enjoy and, you know, use our creativity to do things differently. And Mark, and I think that's that's wonderful. You know, I it. You know, it sounds like, a, do you have pictures of it? Because you should post them if you do. We do. You, you should post them. Those That would be great because, you know, that will give people a visual of, hey, you know, this isn't that difficult to do. And maybe you don't have to go out and do it as big as you did. But you're right. It's the thought that mm -hmm. counts. Um, you know, I think I mentioned this in one of our uh talks before that I took care of my mother uh, in the last two and a half months of her life. 
And she didn't know that she was blind. She didn't know that she was going through dementia. And she just kept saying, why can't we go someplace? And so we moved her bed around and, you know, we jiggled on it. And I told her I was taking her for a ride. And I told her I was taking her to the zoo. Heaven knows why I even said the zoo, but I the did. The zoo. Yeah. Oh, the zoo connection. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she kept saying, why are you taking me to the zoo? I don't like the zoo. And I said, oh, that's okay. We're going. And she, you could tell she could feel that's what we were doing. And I mentioned that to friends and they said to me, well, that was sort of silly. I said, no, you should have seen her light up because mm -hmm. First of all, she was sort of arguing with me. She didn't want to go to the zoo, but she kept saying, you know, why don't we go here? Why don't we go there? And I said, well, we'll do that afterwards. Um, so it's connecting with somebody, you know, giving mm -hmm. them something that gives them some joy. And it sounds like that's what your sister did this weekend. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I will never forget it. And she was in on it with me and she's I mean she's been a gem through this whole thing too I've been very fortunate to have her close by and she's helped Mark out she would come over when I needed somebody to be with me and Mark needed to go to work or whatever you know I have her too so I'm blessed well I think we all need to be more aware open up our eyes open up our hearts um, we never know when this is going to happen to one of us. And, um, you know, when they say do unto others as you would have them do unto you, um, that golden rule, I mean, it's right here because um, two people married going on 30 years, um, your struggles um, are not anything that you plan for, and yet you're living through them. So God bless the two of you. Uh, we're going to do this again. Darcy, I want to have your daughters on because, uh, boy, they went through a lot over the years and uh, they've become strong young women. And uh, maybe we could even get a glimpse of the baby or something because that to Ooh. me is exciting. Yeah, she's fun to show off. <laughs> I'm sure she is. <laughs> and you and Mark take care of her once a week, right? Yes, we do. That's yeah, I sit on the floor on a mat. And she pretty much stays by me. You know, it's very cute. I, I've told you that before. Right. Then when there's an emergency, I'm like, baby falling, <laughs> baby needing <laughs> electric cord. <laughs> and he'll come running and, and save her. But we figured out a way for me to be able to be with her and help care for her together. I can't do it alone, but we do it together. Wow. That's another great thing that your love has provided for the two of you. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. To the other spouses out there, um, you don't have to have a halo over your head to be a loving spouse um, and to be a caregiver. You just need to have a heart and you have that. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.